Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. The name of this book is Secret Chapter 24, and Peyton's already yawning, not even finished the title. All right. Ah, crap. Now I'm going to yawn. Sorry, guys. Even Cass, who was feeling slightly less sick, all the more upset about the situation in which she found herself, had to admit that the dinner table looked magnificent. It was covered with a cloth sewn entirely of crimson flower petals, each petal lush and perfect and not a bit bruised or ripped. On this luxurious crimson bed sat dozens of crystal candlesticks, varying and varying of heights, and as well as numerous glittering urns and platters of exotic oriental design. Each place setting came with a pair of gleaming golden chopsticks. The ornate set of silverware, tiny forks, oddly curved spoons, needle-like knives that took a look of an ancient surgical instruments. The, on the whole, the table looked less like a dinner shrine, less like a dinner table than a shrine to some jealous and demanding god. This effect was only heightened when the kitchen staff began bringing in the food so solemnly, so solemnly they might have been making an offering rather to a temple rather than serving dinner. Indeed, whenever a new dish appeared, Miss Mavius dis- indeed. indeed, indeed, whenever a new dish appeared, Miss Mavius described it with almost religious reverence. The base of this custard is rendered cartilage of any of a tiny marsupial that lives under a rock in an island in the south pacific she said the first course which arrived in an individual thimble-sized serving cups excellent source of calcium also prized for, by fishermen for its waterproofing properties i do hope you aren't vegetarians the pale blue dust you s- i know but remember we had to start over this was this morning yeah. The pale blue dust you see is pollen from a flower that only blooms at the elevation of 11,000 feet and only after a very long winter. She said, uh, uh, winter, she said, about the topping on a roll that looked like powdered donut, which was anything but sweet. And some, some indigenous people believe that it sharpens the intellect, or the intellect, certainly it is helpful in clearing the sinuses bear liver sauteed in codfish she announced when a particularly unattractive lump in front of arrived in front of each dinner a dish beloved by the vikings the reason they could survive so long in the cold you may find it a little gamey before they ate any given dish Cass and max Ernest were instructed to close their eyes and smell it Remember, what you are experiencing as taste is mostly scent, said Miss Mavius. By itself, the tongue can only identify four flavors. Or is it five? Five, replied Dr. L. I believe the scientists have recently discovered a taste of fat. 
After smelling their food, they were to examine it closely from all angles, so as to appear any subtleties of color and shape. Should we listen to it too? asked Max Ernest, who was clearly hanging on to Miss Mavius's every word. Well, that depends on whether your dish is making any noise, doesn't it, sweetheart? She responded, why don't you give it a try? Obediently, Max Ernest tilted his head downwards to his plate. Across the table, Cass rolled her eyes in disgust. Despite her rapturous descriptions, Miss Mavius, what are you doing? We haven't done a um, shout out. Oh, crumbum. We could we'll do that after this. Okay. Um, that's a true story. We'll do it at the end. Shoot. Anyone Sorry, guys. Obediently, Max Ernest tilted his head towards his plate across the table. Cass rolled her eyes in disgust. Despite her rapturous descriptions, Miss here, thank you. Just, uh, Miss Mavius, uh, Miss Mavius, Cass noticed, didn't eat for most of the meal. She merely sipped it from a tall glass of red wine. At least Cass assumed it was wine. It was the right color, but it looked disturbingly thick. One of the dishes, Miss, yeah, could be blood. Ew. What the one dish Miss Mavius ate was last. It. It consisted of a small, quivering mass that pulsed intermittently like a heart. It was served only to her, and she did not describe it like she had the others. Instead, she speared it suddenly and violently with a chopstick, then swallowed it whole. As Miss Mavia sighed in satisfaction, Cass thought she detected a new vibrancy in her hostess's pale white cheeks. I have a sensitive stomach, said Miss Mavius. Miss Mavius explained. There are only a few things that I can eat, and they have to be very, very fresh. Like alive. She <laughs> ate something that was alive. After, after their plates had been cleared, Miss Mavius focused her attention on her guests. Now, my darling young people, I wonder, have you, what, do you know what you have in that notebook? Did you peek inside at all? No, we didn't, said Cass, before Max Ernest could say otherwise. I don't know exactly what's in it myself, but I fear the worst, said Miss Mavius. You see, Pietro was a dear friend, but I'm afraid he's quite ill. Mentally, I mean. Mentally? You mean he was crazy? I didn't. He didn't seem like it. Cass was defensive. She felt somehow as though she thought she was being personally insulted. Oh, so then you did read it. Cass reddened, not saying anything more. Your ears, my dear, I think you might... I think about my offer, said Miss Mavius in a singing tone. But yes, to answer your question, I am sad to say he was totally delusional. He had imag an imaginary friend, a twin brother whom he'd invented as a child. He made up this incredible story about his brother being snatched from the circus when they were boys. At this, Cass and Max Ernest couldn't help glancing at each other. I see you're familiar with the story. That's what I was afraid of. It was very vivid for him, but most of his life he only knew it as a fantasy. Only in his later years did he, be did he begin to really believe in it. Are you quite well, doctor? asked Miss Mavius, addressing Dr. L, who had remained remarkably, remarkably quiet ever since she had brought up the notebook. His face looked tight, as though he might be choking on something, but he waved off her her concern. I'm fine, he said, covering his mouth with a napkin. Well then, said Miss Mavius, 
when I suggested to Pietro that his brother didn't exist outside of his imagination, he became violent. He actually accused me of being the one to steal his brother. If you can believe that, it didn't seem to occur to him that I was much too young to have been alive when he was a child. Miss Mavius chuckled and touched her forehead. Much too young, she repeated. Could that be true, wondered Cass? Was Max Ernest right about Miss Mavius? Had she judged her too harshly, just because Miss Mavius was a bit chilly and strange? Or just because Cass remember this for now for some reason, Max Ernest had once said Miss Mavius was the prettiest woman he'd ever seen? Was she jealous? Was that all it was all along? Then why do you want the notebook so badly, Cass asked, scrambling to climb up, climb out of the mental rabbit hole in which she was falling, if it's all made up? Because we don't want to get it into the wrong hands, because we love Pietro and we want to, the world to remember him as his best, not as some crazy person. The more Cass thought about it, the surer she became, became that she wasn't sure of anything. She had to prove that what the magician had written had really happened. No proof that Miss Mavius was involved in Luciano's disappearance. No proof that Miss Mavius was involved in Benjamin Blake's disappearance. For all Cass knew, Benjamin Blake, Blake was already back home and safe and sound, and there had been no reason for her to come and save him. In her agitation, Cass banged the table, accidentally knocking the wine glass out of Mrs. Mavius's hands, and the glass flew in the air and filled you know those frozen in time moments when suddenly life turns into a kung fu movie and you see everything in slow motion that glass was in the air for less than a second but that second was long enough to cast to think of a thousand things and to realize why the sight of miss mavius's wine had disturbed her earlier two words monkey blood was it monkey blood to be frank i don't know some rumors are just rumors in any event, Cass was about to be greeted by a sight far more disturbing than a glass of blood. Here, let me put it you back in the scene. Oh, here, let me put you back in the scene in real time. This time, the glass flew into the air and spilled. The wine, blood, elixir, who knows, I won't delay it any longer. Out in an arc, splattering all over Mrs. Mavius's long, creamy white gloves. You clumsy girl! Fury passed in a blush over Mrs. Mavius's face, and she yanked off her pair of gloves. This was my favorite pair. I bought them at the Paris flea market over 90 years up. Then she stopped speaking, following her guest's eyes with her own. Gloria stifled a gasp. Everyone was staring at Miss Mavius's hands, ungloved for the first time. It was the hand of someone, something else, with fingernails so frail and thin that you could almost snap them off, with nails so yellow and cracked they were claws, with, no, with skin so translucent you could see every bone, every ligament, every vein. It was the hand of an old woman, a very old woman, an older woman that Cass had ever seen. And Peyton fell asleep for this. Did you hear it? Yeah. What happened? I forgot. She cast spilt wine, and it oh. got on Miss Mavius's glove, mm -hmm. and 
Okay. And she ripped her glove off, and her hand looked like an old lady hand, but it was like her nails were so yellow and gross, and her skin was so thin, she could see through it and see all the bones. Yuck. I want to do another one. You want to do another one? Yeah. Okay, are we going to do our shout-out, since we forgot to do it in the beginning? Uh-oh. We did. <laughs> we forgot, huh? Okay. We have been trying to really be grateful for everybody who leaves reviews. So what we wanted to do was kind of shout out some people who have left reviews. Right, Peyton? Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's see here. All right. Let's see. We looked at, oh, this one was from, <laughs> I think a kid did this. It's, the name is C. N A W H C O W C N A H Cow N D I S N S H Q F H S. That's the name. <laughs> and it says, please, why don't you guys make more podcasts? Well, we are, and we're totally, we're not stopping, right, Peyton? Mm hmm. Okay, all right, one more? Mm hmm. Okay, cool. See you later. <laughs>